All right, cool. we we ready to rock? I'm born ready. Do we need to? <laughs> you look like it with that hat. Do we need to? Do we need to go over? Do we need to go over things, or do you want me to just cue everything up? You just cue it up. I'm ready to go with okay. that. I'm... All right, I'm gonna. Oops. I'll welcome. Oops. I'll nail the welcome. Hey, 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 and welcome to Stay at Home Thad Nailed It. Beep, 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 beep. Last week was a bit of a rough, uh, rough go with that intro, but um, pretty hard to argue with that one right there. So we're rolling. We're off to a great start. I'm joined by the jabronis again uh, in my top left corner. We've got the Sparty Slappy, Richie Ricardo. Richie, how's it going, pal? Oh, it's good. It's always good to be back, too. Glad to be here with the boys. Woo! And uh, to the bottom left, um, to Richie's south, we have producer slash coach Sam. What's going on, my friend? Hey, it's another, it's another, uh, what we got? What day is it? I don't know anymore. Tuesday night it is that we were recording. It's great to be here. Nowhere else I'd rather be. That, that started pretty much like our intro last week pretty rough but i think you salvaged it um, only up it, that's exactly now uh, before we intro our next guest stay at home thad would like to pause for a moment to issue a statement there will be no further questions uh, after the statement is released last week on the season 4 kickoff episode i referred to our next guest As somebody that he is not, he was not in the room and I was distracted. I missed him. But in a moment of weakness, I introduced the artist formerly known as the Keto Girl Guy as Amigo Q, which is correct. However, the spelling that I issued on the episode was incorrect. It is not Amigo spelt like the Spanish word for friend, Q-U-E. It is, in fact, Amigo spelled as the Spanish word for friend, C-U-E. And for that, I would like to issue a formal stay-at-home fat apology to the artist formerly known as the Keto Girl Guy, who is now Amigo Q, emphasis on the C-U-E. <sighs> Joe, you have the floor. But again, no further questions. Yeah, no further questions. Hey, listen, it happens to the best of us that I know sometimes... Um as the as the people of Canada like to add letters and other things into the spellings of uh, words that shouldn't be there. That's just what you did. So it's not anything you did wrong. It's just genetics and where you're from. And I 100% forgive you. And, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned a shout out to me. So I was expecting just hundreds of followers just to flock to my account. Um, so hopefully that happens this week. Now that is right. Amigo C-U-E, Amigo Q, friends and barbecue. Let's go. Kind of sounds like what you're saying there is it's more of a you problem. Yeah. And honestly, like, no, I'm gonna get, hold on, hold on. Stop. That was a joke. You like Canadian spelling you. Yeah, I heard it. I'm just not going to acknowledge it. Okay. The real reason why I really didn't care that was because as you know, I was the only one of our friend groups that was prepping for a playoff game. So I can, I, I'll, I'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll get there. Um, but thank you. I, I've been carrying that weight for a few days and honestly, just feels good to know that we're still good. Yeah, we're fine. So we, we had some moving on. We had some 
football this weekend. Hey, fellas. Yes, sir. One of the best weekends of the year. Love start of playoff football. Wildcard weekend is arguably the best weekend of football in the year for sure. Some people will say Masters, March Madness, but I think it's wildcard weekend. Best weekend of football, I said. Oh, I, I, I would put it up there best weekend of all weekends. I mean, it would be, yeah, that, that would maybe be a fun little discussion. What's the best weekend of sports in the calendar? I, th- I think we've done that draft before, haven't we? Uh, it sounds like a season one episode. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, we've evolved. We're, we don't really scrape the bottom of the barrel like that anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think this last episode had 46 listeners. So, I mean, we're really, we're, we're moving and shaking here, so... Well, now that Amiyoki's on it, we'll probably hit 50. I mean, I'll take it. If they can find me. <laughs> All <laughs> right, guys. Let's let's get down to business. We are going to go in order. Little recaps here. Uh, and then just so you know, at the end of the episode, after we do a little recap of the wildcard weekend wild action, we're going to do some top performers of the week, and it's going to be spicy. Not spicy like the Indian food that I had yesterday, which I feel like is causing some havoc on the old uh, operating system over on this this end but no way the indian food in sioux falls iowa is good well it's not iowa so jokes on you all right guys seattle <laughs> heading to Le- Le- is it levi stadium in the bay area and in the first matchup of wildcard weekend it was the 49ers led by quarterback and mr irrelevant himself brock purdy cruising <laughs> to a 41-23 victory over the Seahawks. And, I mean, the, the final score kind of pointed to a blowout, but it was actually Seattle possessing the 17-16 lead at half. But despite two touchdowns and 136 yards receiving on 10 receptions from a certain DK Superman Metcalf, Purdy and the 49ers just outclassed those dumb Seahawks. And that, yes, that is spoken by a true Lions fan, but Purdy finished 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns. He added a rushing touchdown as well, but it was interesting because the Seahawks only down 23, 17 late in that third quarter driving the ball. You had Charles Omenahue strip sack, Geno Smith ball was recovered by Nick Bosa. And that kind of seemed to be what turned the tide for the 49ers and that great story that Gino and the Seahawks have been this season came to a crushing and devastating end, which I was pretty, pretty excited about. So a couple of things about this team, you know, the, the 49ers specifically, you have the midseason addition of Christian McCaffrey. Looks like that is going to be a huge factor down the stretch because, you know, last year, you guys remember from time to time, I talked about Debo. He was my guy last year, but oh. now you... Yeah, Debo Samuel put some respect on his name. But now you've got a guy named Christian McCaffrey also on the team who kind of is like another Debo Samuel. You can line him up anywhere on the field. You know, he can run routes. He can rush the ball. He can do anything. And now you've got this like two-headed monster in CMC and Debo that Kyle Shanahan just unleashes all over uh, NFL defenses. And I think you put that together with the offensive line that's been playing pretty well as of late. I mean, they only gave up five pressures on Saturday and we're opening up crazy running lanes. Like guys, based on what you saw Saturday and based on what the 49ers have showed us this season, is this a team that has what it takes to go on a deep Super Bowl run? Richie is shaking his head. No, Richie. Why, why do you say no? 
Uh, I because we've seen this script the last no. how many ever years. But New it's not. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yeah, it's a guy who's worse. So <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> he hasn't been played. Oh my worse. gosh, Brock Purdy played eight good games. <laughs> I think cool. he's like the eleventh best PFF quarterback or something at this point. Put 11th best on a resume and try getting a job. There's 32 of these jobs in the world. He's got one. That hits a little too close Honestly, to home. Honestly, Sam. That hits too close I to home given I'm legally if... not allowed to work in this country. So, Richie, I expect a formal apology at some point. Well, Continue. I think Sam's just riled up because he has to cheer for Kenny Pickett. But I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Except I will say that uh, – Pur- Purdy, maybe he's the next Tom Brady, late round draft pick. You okay. know, who the knows? Roller who knows coaster, most roller coaster response I've ever seen. That's an invitation. That was me. That was me just finishing what Sam was trying to say. I mean, that's what he's implying. Well, he just threw for 330 yards and three touchdowns in his first playoff game ever. Jared Goff dropped a 40 burger on the Seahawks. Okay. Jared I don't want to hear. It was week went five, to- Richie. Jared Goff went three. To the Super Bowl. Week four. You are All the right. one who wanted Jared Goff gone 12 weeks ago. Like every other human being on planet Earth. And then he, it's, it's called Revival. All right. Ever heard of it? And yeah. San Francisco, bro. Long story short, here's what I think. I think uh, the 49ers need to get a legitimate quarterback in there who can't just manage the game. I mean, honestly, though, how many at, at both levels, college and pro, do you see a game manager win a title? Very, very, very rarely. If ever. I don't even know. Like, name the last one. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Flacco. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. we're t- Thank you for finding the unicorns like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I, about five seconds off the top of my head. Here's why, you're proving my point. Here's why I think this is flawed in so many regards. Tom uh, Brady. Brock Purdy started <clears throat> here are the quarterbacks that he's beaten. Uh a concussed to a tug of Iloa. He beat a Tom, Tom Brady, who uh on that Buccaneers team, nothing to write home about. Geno Smith, Taylor Heineke, Jared Stenham, Colt McCoy, the corpse. Like that's it. That that's his that those are his wins. And then another Geno Smith game. He has not had to go toe-to-toe with a real quarterback in a tight game at all. And when that happens, he's gonna fall apart. Q Sunday night, Dak Prescott. You guys, but here's 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 the thing though. Here's here's the pushback on that. You've got Kyle Shanahan, who arguably is one of the best offensive-minded coaches in the NFL. At a certain point, I mean, you can't you can't argue the fact that as long as Purdy is being the manager that he needs to be within that offense, it's getting results and. Yes, he's it's getting results because they're playing against crap teams with crap quarterbacks. He's playing against himself. He's getting results because he plays on the 49ers. I would like to make it I would like to make it clear. I would like to make it clear I am with Joe this weekend. The Cowboys are beating the 49ers. It is obvious that you are. Because you know, as you know, I'm gonna fast forward about 45 minutes through this podcast and tell you that Joe Leal's top performer is gonna be no other none other than Dak Prescott. But we need to pump. I mean, I mean pump. to be fair, Dak had the best weekend out of any quarterback. <laughs> no one expected. You know, top performer is going to be the guy who threw for 304 touchdowns and spread it around at eight different receivers. Yeah, mm-hmm. we that guy. 
Those let, are called. Let Sam, let Sam have the floor for a minute before we go on to the next game. Jeez. <laughs> what Brock Purdy is doing is ridiculous because no one would have asked this of him. No one expected this of him. And he's doing it incredibly well. Um, I think it's worth saying that Jimmy G in his last, last six playoff games in this system averaged 13 completions. 13 completions was the average. Oh my okay. Goodness. Jimmy G has led them, led them through the playoffs a couple of times now. Brock Purdy, obviously, it doesn't matter that he's not Dak Prescott or that he's not Patrick Mahomes because they don't need him to be that. So can they make a run to answer the question, Thaddeus? Obviously, the answer is yes. They can make a freaking run. All right. Who had on their bingo card Sam getting riled up about Mr. Irrelevant? I know. I did because that's a pretty Sam thing right there to get. Frustrated. I mean, I had the, this the most Sam thing ever just happened where he had the average number of completions <laughs> by a quarterback last year in his last six playoff starts. All right. <laughs> great, great stuff, guys. Let's move on to the next game, which maybe was the craziest game of the week. And that was Jacksonville and Los Angeles chargers. There's not a lot that needs to be said here, but I'll just give you a few numbers. 27 to 7. I'll even accept 27 nothing. And then 31 to 30. Those are the scores at the conclusion of the half of each, uh, each half of this game. And this is the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. And I'm just as guilty as most people on Twitter. You know, that meme of the person applying the clown wig and costume and all that stuff. That was me on Twitter for much of the night because I was trashing trevor lawrence i was trashing the jags and they proved me wrong i looked like an absolute idiot you had four interceptions by trevor lawrence in the first half three alone to asante samuel jr good uh first half for him you had a defense that couldn't stop anything and just an absolutely uninspired performance much like most of trevor lawrence's motivational speeches which sam has gotten on that soapbox before a time or two but I think, and we talked about this last week on the brief playoff preview, but I think it came down to veteran and experienced coaching. You have Doug Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl with an Eagles team, going against Brandon Staley, who has kind of uh, rumor, rumors been swirling around about his tenure in Los Angeles. How long is it going to go on for? But I think it showed that you've got a coach who's been there before, who's you know gone through the whole playoff grind, went into a half down big, and just... I think the interview that he gave going into half was just, you know, we just got to keep chipping. Some would maybe say keep chopping, um, but that's neither here nor there. And sure enough, they did. And so it's going to be interesting, the fallout of this game, what happens with the Jags this week against the Chiefs. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, next week. Uh, what does it look like for the Chargers and Staley moving forward? But I think maybe the the biggest thing of this game is like, you look back on the careers of some of these great quarterbacks and these great players, and you look at the legacy games, those legacy moments. And I wonder, I mean, we won't know for another, hopefully 10, 15 years, but I wonder if this is one of those legacy games, like where were you when Trevor Lawrence pulled off that crazy comeback with the Jags, you know, at the, at the hall of fame speech, are we going to see the the highlights in the background? You know so, where I was? Joe, where were you, my friend, when you watched that game? I missed the entire game. I, uh, <laughs> I, I I had a really early morning, and so I 
I, I said, I'm going to just set a timer right around halftime and I'm going to go to bed and I'll wake up at halftime and then judge if the game's good, I'll roll over and throw it on and watch it. And so I, uh, my alarm went off. I looked at my phone and I saw 27, seven half. I go four picks. Lawrence don't need to watch this. And then went to bed, woke up to like a billion notifications on my phone with all my group chats just going off and then realized I missed the third greatest comeback of all time. Unbelievable. Richie, do you have anything to say about that? I equally, uh, our family was destroyed by the stomach bug this weekend. Oh no. And, uh, I was, I was trying really hard to stay up for that game and it was 27, seven. And I was like, yeah, it's nine 15. I'm going to bed. I'm sick. And then I woke up at about four 30 to my six month old crying and equally phone was exploded with notifications. Uh, the next day though, during breakfast, uh, the TV wasn't on, so I just flicked it on and rewatched the game. And Jenna walked in and was like, "Are you rewatching a football game that already happened?" <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> it's just that just shows the the passion of the game. But I mean, no arguing. Real passion of the game fans. Sam and I, we actually watched it and numerous times said, "Is anybody watching this game?" And it was met with crickets from Richie and Joe. So Sam, I mean, maybe the most. Uh, equ- equipped or um well well positioned to comment on this game because you actually in fact watched it what do you what do you think pal what was uh what was this game for you i mean it was it was interesting because having watched i mean it was kind of crazy because with the colts uh vikings game earlier this year you kind of you kind of wondered you know it was like hey the standard's been set you can come back Mm -hmm. from 33 nothing so it's never over but then it's the playoffs and you're like the chargers it's the playoffs they're a good team they're not going to crumble like this they're not the colts um this is not who we thought they were um good good reference this is uh this was different this was not expected so um rest in I, peace Dennis green yes sir so but it was he died like wow. probably six years ago yeah was, <laughs> wow maybe. i have no idea um but it, it was bizarre because <laughs> Are you laughing? <laughs> no, what's wrong with you? you? Didn't know that. I'm sorry. Don't keep tabs oh. on dead people. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, so it was bizarre. It was bizarre. I think. Just... <laughs> this is a this is a clear this is a clear cut, right? That is the thing. Uh, this this might show itself on social media at some oh. point this week. Wow. All right. That was you're saying. Sorry, Sam. Uh, I think it it was the the interesting thing about this game is it felt like it was kind of slipping away and like the I like if the field was starting to turn um and tilt, but it didn't feel like it was like uh Herbert will come around, like he'll they'll get a touchdown, they're not gonna crumble completely. Um Dick or the kickers miss uh with I think halfway through the third quarter, they're up thirty to twenty ended up being being huge um but you didn't really obviously realize it at the moment you the it was these are these were jacksonville's drives these were their drives so throughout the game interception interception punt interception punt interception first touchdown right that's halftime so painful and they finished touchdown 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 field goal so i don't know what the halftime adjustments were and weren't 
right? So you have one team who's going into halftime realizing they need to make some adjustments, need to to fix what's what's not working. And then you have another team who's thinking, you know, we're, everything we're doing is gold right now, so they don't need to change anything. Um, you never know, obviously, what happens in the, in the locker room, but that that was pretty apparent. Um, one team adjusted and one team either got really lazy and comfortable or one team just didn't didn't adjust strategically and um, ultimately that that hurt them there was a there was the play at the end the I think second and goal from the nine where they scored the touchdown Jacksonville did um, and that was the um, the Joe the Bosa uh, what did he do he threw oh where he threw his helmet after the touchdown right. throws his helmet um, and there, there was like the apparent false start that you could see on the instant replay, but not uh, the ref said it was. It's kind of I don't, well, the ref didn't say, but who, if it was Gene Serator or whoever they had on said like when it's like this, you don't really call it live because it's it's too close. Um, but it's weird because it's like I think Tony Dungy um, was saying like who I know I think wasn't Tony was he, he on that game? I thought you said Coney Dungy. I did not. Sorry for not enunciating the okay. T. Tony Dunge. All good. Carry um, on. Said that. Thanks for checking me, though. Said um, that uh, that if you can see it on TV, like everyone can see it at home, like live. Mm-hmm. So which you could. So it's just like, why don't we why don't we call that? And whatever. Worst case scenario, they come together. They say, hey, sorry, there was no foul on the play. Like, OK, like official time, no harm, no foul. Um, Literally. But it. it it did look like a penalty. And so that moves from second and nine and a touchdown um, to second and 14, second and goal from the 14. Like that, mm-hmm. that might be something pretty different. So, right. uh, yeah, it was a tough game. But I mean, you have to score points if you're the Chargers there in the second half. So you got to, got to do something. Generally, that's the recipe to score, score yeah. in the second half that helps. I was going to say, if you can bring that game plan to your team this year, Sam, I think you yeah. guys are going to go really far. Yeah, points. Yeah. yeah, so I've just got to do whatever Jacksonville did in the second half, and we'll be fine. Should be noted, uh, game-winning field goal, Riley uh, Peterson. Mm-hmm. Right? Riley Peterson? Yes. Patterson, pardon me. Oh. Former Lion. Dolphins and Bills. I believe we have Richie Ricardo bringing us the breakdown of this game. Richie, what do you got? Mo frere, as they say in french speaking places well i'm not gonna lie my recap will definitely not be as good as yours so far don't say that don't say it we'll be the judge of that so let me tell you a little little backstory because uh i think it's important so uh i got two two people that work for me uh both from buffalo bought me a bill sweatshirt for christmas because Mm -hmm. you know kind of just muck it up with them all about the bills all year blah 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 So I wear this Bills sweatshirt the first day I get it, and uh, DeMar Hamlin has his injury. Mm. Uh, So at that point, I jokingly was like, ha, 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 maybe it's cursed. Who knows? The next week – Probably not something to joke about, Richie. Thank you. He's fine. Uh, The next week, I – he's fine. He's doing better. The next week, I don't watch the Bills game because I don't know. I was doing something. So then I put it back on and I was like, I can't, I can't believe this is happening again. And so I take the the sweatshirt off. I said this in, in the, one of the group chats, I'm taking the sweatshirt off and immediately, I'm not kidding. Immediately. I take the sweatshirt off. Next thing that happens, Bill's interception. All right. Turns the game around. 
Huge turning point. So, needless to say, here's the recap. I'm the reason the Bills won, and <laughs> it was it was exciting. Um, it was a great game. Um, I will say, in honor of Demar Hamlin, Josh Allen had three turnovers. So, um, which wow. is another was something to be noted because here's the thing: is the Bills are my team. Uh, what that I the Bills are my team. It left the playoffs. Let me let me let me clarify. Not like long term. Well, I do have a sweatshirt, so like you know, I'm I'm a big fan. But I, <clears throat> I've I've got my eggs in their basket, and honestly, if Josh Allen does not get his crap together, he has struggled. Like he turns the ball over more than JJ McCarthy in the college football semifinal. Right. Like he turns it over a lot. He really and, has kind uh, of returned to like early career Josh Allen at times. Like there are moments where he turns into elite quarterback still like yeah. can make all the throws, but he he has returned to a little bit, bit of that like, you know, close my eyes and chuck it chuck it over here and hope my guy gets it. He's got an injury. Yeah. So I don't know. That's got to that's got to tighten up. I also think this game is worth noting that honestly the rumors that Mike McDaniel might have been fired that were coming out the week before if the if the Dolphins were gonna lose, you saw those circulating a little bit. Like they were they were maybe gonna gut I saw gut. a little bit. I didn't put much stock in I don't, I don't know how, how how valid they were, but like the the man had Skylar Thompson, who like probably a little better than Brock Purdy, but still not that Stop good. It. And <laughs> um I just think he's a genius, man. He really is. He's 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 unbelievable. If he can get a non-concussed QB or someone who could be mildly respectable, uh they're get they're gonna make some runs here in the in the future. Don't tell uh, that to friend of the show, Matt Marchese, who has a hate on for Mike McDaniel, but Joe, any any uh, any strong opinions on this uh, um, Dolphins game? Yeah, I mean, it was just I think it was more of a reflection on Buffalo as a flawed team. Um, mm-hmm. Like we kind of hit it. Like they opened the they opened the game at a thirteen and a half point favor, which is just disrespectful. Yeah. But also, like that should be a team that take care takes care of business. Right. Uh, and <clears throat> weird stat, uh, you know, you know, I like the gambling sides of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Last year, the favorites were all six and zero against the spread, meaning they covered the spread all the favorites last year. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was, I mean, so you think about how they how they handicap playoff games, and so giving Buffalo thirteen and a half, like I kind of thought they were going to roll in that, and they didn't. And uh, I think I think Josh Allen's hurt. I think the Bills have some flawed, flawed defensive problems that if they don't address very, very soon, mm-hmm. um, Kansas City and Cincinnati first is waiting for them, right? Producer. Well, I'm just hearing, and I'm not. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying they're perfect. But the Buffalo Bills defense, saying we saying we've got problems. Skylar Thompson put the ball in the air 45 times. They put the ball on the ground 20 times. 65 plays generated 189 team passing yards. 42 yards on the ground. This team had the Miami Dolphins. Don't tell me that this team has has defensive holes let's wait and see what happens their their pass rush is bad right now we'll wait and see i mean they had four sacks this this past weekend so yeah Yeah, very miami's offensive line is playing at next level beneath and well you might it's worse than i don't know maybe say like the cincinnati bengals offensive line missing three starters right now i don't know we'll see what happens this week 
Sam, the Cincinnati Bengals fixed their offensive line in the offseason. That's a non-story anymore. Sam, did you take speed before this? <laughs> I'm we just took- thinking. I'm just thinking. That Miami's offense had had major issues. The fact that Jeff Wilson Jr. could not get over twenty three yards rushing is, I mean, it it was sad. It was it was you know for those that might have might have placed any kind of financial amount on Jeff Wilson to run for more than twenty three yards. That's sad. <laughs> Speaking from experience, there, Sam. Maybe it's personal. I don't know. Maybe that's my problem. Um, but I think Allen. Though that was a weird string of events where there were like two or three turnovers within um, within just a few plays, and obviously the defensive touchdown. Miami's defense, though they gave up thirty four points, or yeah, Miami's defense though they gave up thirty four points. I think did uh, they had they had their moments. They had seven sacks, um, two big interceptions, the touchdown off fumble, long punt return. Um, so that's how I think that's how they were ultimately able to to get the game as close as it was. Right. Mm-hmm. You look at Skylar Thompson's stat line and that thing is atrocious. So, um, I mean, it's it was it's crazy that the game was that close. But Buffalo, I will say to Richie and Joe's points, cannot play like that uh, yeah. against against the Bengals. They will. I don't think they can do that and get a win. And Sam, as a defensive coordinator, uh, you know, it's about yards that doesn't mean anything what the way i look at their team is when i look at the the scoring of the miami dolphins they opened up their scoring with three field goals and then ended with three touchdowns Mm -hmm. so they figured out some way to get in the end zone and started converting those threes into sevens that's why i say that defense has problems and it was exposed Mm -hmm. as they were not able to hold miami to the field goals that they were miami cashed in on them despite having terrible numbers from Skylar Thompson and no rushing attack. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, imp- I, I understand Joe, but it's also in part because of field position, field position, yeah. turning Even- the ball over and getting the ball on the North side of 50. Yeah. Right. Hey, Sam, you, take, you take away the first quarter, Miami drowns, drowns. Miami wins three out of the four quarters. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying the Miami had seven points from the defense and 10 from the offense um, or 10 from the offense on two 18 yard drives. So they had a <laughs> yard drive field goal on an 18 yard drive. Um, that's, that's 10 points, 17 points, 31 minus 17. Do you, you, have, a, do you have a Buffalo Bill sweatshirt or is that Richie? <laughs> Sam, you threw so many numbers out in such a short amount of time. I have no idea what you just said in the last 16 seconds. So I'm going to just say this. I'm just going to say this. The Bills have had the tendency at times this season to play down to their opponents. That was quite evident this past weekend. You're only getting opponents that are high caliber moving forward. And so you have got to elevate your game to match the opponents that you are going to be facing. Hey, tell you what, we're going to hit pause again. Pretend that our imaginary sponsor is uh, sharing something about, you know, I don't know, nose hair trimming or something like that and uh oh, i listen. got a sponsor for you <laughs> yeah you actually, joe actually does have sponsors yep. so our sponsor for today's show is amigo is the, the hope water project. whopper 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 right. uh we are we're gonna take a little break and we will come right back mm-hmm. 
I just like would I, I just want to carry on the Whopper discussion that we ended on, but Whopper, we'll uh, Whopper, Whopper. we'll uh, we'll carry on. Has had a Whopper. I haven't had a Whopper in years. No, it's an inferior sandwich. Yeah, it's one of those spots in the Ohio Turnpike. Once I figured out that the only reason they taste good is that mayonnaise on them, I stopped eating them. That that can't be the reason. It's the special ingredient. No. Okay. All right. (laughs) Vikings, Giants, afternoon matchup. Not primetime, but basically it's primetime because they're all island games, essentially. All eyes on the game action. But it had the New York football Giants going to Minneapolis to the beautiful stadium that they have there and upsetting their host, the Minnesota Vikings. You had Daniel Jones slicing and dicing. Just keep keep this name in mind, Daniel Jones. Just tuck that away for later. Just taking it to this Vikings defense, a unit of contention for a lot of Vikings fans this season. Jones finished with 78 rushing yards on 17 carries, 301 passing yards. He went 24 for 35. Statistically speaking, Kirk Cousins. Now, Richie, maybe plug yours for a minute because I know you have this weird affinity for Kirk Cousins. But, you know, statistically, he was okay. But a few things will stand out from his performance from wildcard weekend, namely not feeding Justin Jefferson. Now, he did have seven receptions for 47 yards. But, I mean, this is a guy who had a record, almost a record-setting year in the NFL, and he's barely featured at home in a wildcard weekend playoff game. But the most glaring play of the game is the three-yard out route to TJ Hawkinson, former line, check, on fourth and eight to finish the game. Like, do did you forget that it was fourth and eight? And why did you decide that that was a throw that you were going to make? Um, one other thing to note, Dalvin Cook continued a season in which he really has struggled down the stretch. Had a pretty meh weekend. I think he had like 85 or 87 all-purpose yards or something like that. But hats off to the Giants. They exposed the Vikings, a team that a lot of people thought was were going to be exposed anyways. They were one of the most fraudulent 11-win teams that you will come up against, I think, in NFL history. But they came away, the Giants, with the big win to set up the divisional round matchup next week versus their division rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. Joe, the Vikings, they are who we thought they are? Were? Yeah, they're a flawed team. I mean, the, the best stat going around Minnesota was they were, what, they finished 13-4 and four, or were they 12-5? and five? I forgot what their final record was. Someone stat, someone gets someone gets statistics. Stat guy, Sam. 13-4. and four. Uh, 13-4, but their, their point differential was a negative 19 on the season. Wow. Like, how do you go 13-4 and four and somehow no still get way. 19 points on the season? So we knew they were flawed. Um, obviously, the NFC East was the superior conference and division in football this year. And so um, I had no doubt the New York Giants were going to go in there and take care of business. I thought it was a fishy line all week. Minnesota was favored in that game. I get it. They're at home. They're a higher seed. Uh, but New York's playing really, really well. Saquon's mm-hmm. like 
Who wants to play Saquon Barkley? And we talk about Josh Allen making mistakes. Did you know Daniel Dimes has not had a turnover in like 16 quarters of football? He is being, he's playing out of his mind down the stretch. And I can tell you right now, they have no receivers. Your boy, Thad, Kenny G, Kenny Galladay is nowhere not, to be found on that team. Not and my it's, guy. Just, it's just a collection of Daniel Jones making plays, doing all the things that Josh Allen should be doing, and just showing why the NFC East is just the pride of the NFL. Wow. Spoken like a true yeah. Cowboys fan. Uh let it be known. I did call this, didn't I? Yeah, in you the, did. And I guessed every game correct this weekend. Wow. That is a fact. Six, so why, six are, why, why are you sitting in your basement and not on an island in Tahiti? Because I only bet three bucks on it, but it's still netted fifty five, so that was cool. So here's um, here's the real question: Is Tahiti an island? I I don't know. I have okay. no idea. Carry on. <laughs> here's a here's a real question. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows the stat, so if you do, this is going to ruin the question. But over under eleven catches for Kenny Galladay on this season. Oh, I mean, well, the fact that saying it makes me say under. <laughs> I'm going to say over because I'm going to say 12. He has six catches. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> They're paying him. I mean, I mean, I think he's getting paid like 26 mil a year. That's stupid. Is he, still, yeah. is he still under contract next year? Yep. Oh, my goodness. If you, type in, if you just type in the word Kenny, the first thing that comes up on Google is Kenny Galladay contract. <laughs> Honestly, like, good for him. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Got the bag. Yeah, he's under contract for two more years oh my at goodness. a thirteen mil, and then another in two thousand twenty four goes up to fourteen mil. They they have to get out of that, right? Given how little uh, he's produced. Well, the problem is if they get out of it, even in two thousand twenty four, dead cap, cap money. Hit, his cap hit if they try to cut him next year is twenty one mil. Insane oh, move forward. Wow. So they can't. Who nego- whoever negotiated that contract is the real winner here. Yeah. Maybe maybe the grass is not always greener outside of Detroit. Just saying. Uh, could you imagine if Kenny Galladay was still in Detroit right now? They'd, they'd probably be a little further behind where they are right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I feel like you've got some crazy stats that you're sitting on. You've just been chomping at the bit to share with us. So what do you got, pal? I don't know. It's it's honestly not crazy worth it. I th- I think your your comments about Kirk might have been a little unfair, saying that he I can't remember exactly what you said, but I remember my jaw dropping. See, so I think you said he. What did do you remember? What you said? How you described his performance? Come check down, St- Kirk. No, <laughs> statistically oh. a good performance. No, you did not say that. Yes, I, don't I did. Said not bad. In my notes, it says Kirk Cousins had a decent game statistically. He- Decent is different than good. Bro had bro's QB rating was the same as Daniel Jones, down by a point. And it's not my bro. I'm just saying. I'm saying he did. I think for anybody who wants, I mean, whatever. You don't get the job done. You don't win the game. I get it. Um, Dalvin Cook, like you said, that he has underperformed. His number was 70 total purpose yards. Thank he you. had 60 pound, um, 10 receiving. Um, Justin Jefferson. Obviously, I I don't know. Uh, I'm mad they chose to shut him down, 
um, and and were able to do that well. He had I think he had nine targets. He averaged mm-hmm. ten and a half through the year, seven catches. So it's like he didn't he didn't have one of his big games, obviously. So I mean, players make plays. If mm. I don't know, I don't know what you want to say about that, but he he was shut down a couple weeks ago against Green Bay. Um, and he only played, I think, a chunk of the game last week or two weeks ago, I guess, the um, their last regular season game. And he had five catches in that game. But um, Daniel Jones, you got to You got to you got to give him credit. Um, I think a lot I think a lot of commentators were saying it, but this is probably the best, at least in prime time, like under with all eyes on him. He mm-hmm. probably played his best game ever. Um, yeah. That's. You, you can't take away from that. He did a he did a great job. Yeah, notable uh, about that is the Giants declined his fifth year option at the beginning of the year. So, which is rare. It is, yeah, especially yeah. for first first court court contract. Right. Steelers did that with Devin Bush. Thanks for that. Taking <laughs> um, the ground, stomped on the field or something. Yeah. yeah. Speak. You know what? Speaking of, I want to. I want to on the record. A lot of people say that Kirk Cousins is the greatest Michigan State quarterback ever. He is not. That will always be Connor Cook, and there's no debate. All right, (laughs) moving on to our next game. To the the, – what was that, Sunday night? Sunday Sunday night night game. The Bengals in the ring. Sam, take it away. Sorry, what am I doing trying to set you up here? You need – this man needs no introduction. (laughs) You're fine. Uh this game was, I think, closer than – like a lot of the games this, this weekend, I think was closer than a lot of people expected. Um, but when you have an AFC North rivalry game, it's mm-hmm. it's always close. You always you always love to hear Collins where say, this is just like one of those – this is like every single AFC North game I've ever announced. And this is oh, – that, that was bad, I'll be honest. That was a bad yeah. – not one I've practiced, but they say that every freaking time I watch the Steelers play on Sunday night. Isn't this just like the every AFC North game um, where it comes down to it and it's a gritty game? Um, obviously could have seen the Bengals going off with all their talents, um, but that didn't happen. Statistically, it wasn't anything crazy um, really from either side. If anything, what Tyler Huntley did was shocking. Um, Threw the game away. Well, he literally fumbled well, the game away. But he he dropped the ball, dropped the game away. Maybe um, Huntley coming in was averaging 130 yards a game um, this season. Two touchdowns that he had thrown in five games, not good. Rushing for 27 yards a game, which wasn't horrible, but that, this weekend threw for 226, out through Burrow by 10 yards, ran for 54. Um, obviously played above what was expected of him um, or what, at least what, yeah, I mean, what was expected of him. Ravens defense, I think kept the game close and the offense is who blew the game. Um, Mm -hmm. The Sam Hubbard touchdown is a 14 point swing. So Ravens are, they're on the one yard line. If they score there, it's 24, 17 Ravens. They do the opposite of scoring, fumble it and take it back the, the opposite direction. Sam Hubbard, the Cincinnati kid and, uh, goes up 24-17 Bengals. So that I think I think Tariko shared during that broadcast uh or he guessed. I think it said like the Bengals had a 46% chance of winning before that play and he was like what is it going to be like 60 afterwards and it was 87% chance wow. of the Bengals winning um after that play. So and you think 
that was before and after the play. If, if the Raiders were there, it's probably going down to at least 40, 30%, something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty, pretty crazy swing of things with, with that play that happened. Um, the Ravens had three more drives the rest of the game after that play, and they averaged 13 yards per drive. So not, not good enough. And expect points when you're when you're doing Skyler that. Thompson type drives, according to you. Ooh. Yeah, nope. Not good. Skyler Thompson's drives are better. They were 18 yard drives. Sorry, that, true. None of those are good though. Uh, Bengals though, O line that they held together for the first 15, 15 games, the same five guys, and then uh, lost um, their left tackle Jonah Williams, um, who I, I believe I think they. That uh, dislocated kneecap, so I don't know the timeline on that. Didn't look good, that's for sure. Yeah, already losing the right side of their line with Lael Collins and Alex Kappa just in the last few weeks. Um, gonna be, it, I, I think the Bills, the I mean, Bills pass rush, which has been said isn't great, I guess, uh, is gonna have it's gonna be a matchup to keep our eyes on this week. Um, and what, how quickly Joe Burrow is able to get rid of the ball, um, what kind of routes they're able to draw up. And even if you have four weapons out there to throw the ball to, um, if you don't you have time, don't have time matter. And uh, Joe Mixon putting up, I think, 39 yards. I don't think that's the kind of performance they were hoping for out of him. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but it's, I mean, it's the, it's, you have obviously the rematch that, of the game that didn't get completed um, a couple weeks ago. So mm. no, her, the word was DeMar was at the facility earlier la- later last week. I haven't heard any updates, but it makes you wonder. Makes you wonder if three's going to trot on out there. I mean, this- that place will erupt <laughs> if that happens. Yeah. yeah. It'd be, it'd be wild if we get to see him at Orchard Park this week, guys. You never know. Oh. I don't know if anybody else has has thoughts on that game. Um, Honestly, my my biggest thought of the game is not so much Bengals and this week's matchup for them. It's more so what's going on with the Ravens this offseason. Like, are we about to see Lamar Jackson moving on, which I think is probably more likely than not. But that that that's honestly the biggest thing that comes comes to my mind in terms of fallout from this game. Yeah. Yeah, not even there during the game. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And apparently yep. he was in Cincinnati for week 18. So it's kind of like why we're... I just saw something on Twitter that, yeah, he took... Week 17, I guess. His uh, profile picture off Instagram that had him as a Raven. Well, you know what that means. He <laughs> <laughs> gone. I saw, I saw when... Because uh, there was the the tweet that like Deontay Johnson, receiver for the Steelers, got a way to f- got to find a way to fit in here on Wild Card Weekend recap. We've talked the- about the Steelers way too much on but, this podcast. Yeah, why are yeah. we talking about teams that aren't in the playoffs? And Deontay Johnson, it was like tweeted about that he unfollowed the Steelers and took the Steelers out of his bio, and then later was said reported that he never had followed the Steelers or had them in his bio. So, do you guys thought- know who the first at- athlete, prominent athlete, was to do that? Uh, I'm getting hurry. Uh, no, it's I not. Didn't, you guys both I... mumbled. It was Debo last year. Okay, thanks, Thaddeus. That's the Favorite. first. One, that's the first one I remember. There's probably others. That's like Le'Veon Bell, most... Brown. Anybody? Yeah, let's say you know all the Gen Z kids are not grown ups. Yeah. Well, let's save that for some off season talk because I'm sure we can dive into the maturity of Gen Z. Hey, Joe, do you wanna do you wanna finish up? 
anything yeah, you be, want to talk yeah about? we could save the one guy on the podcast who actually has a rooting interest in the playoffs for the last game but um yeah i mean it was everything you wanted it was sunday it was monday night football you <laughs> had the goat, you wanted. You had the goat you had america's team and uh i mean the real star of the show like i mean i i not even not just because i'm a cowboys fan but just I'm a football fan, and I knew this mm. game was not going to be close. There was no chance it was going to be close. The only time I thought it was going to be close was when my good friend Brett Maher missed <laughs> the second extra point. Yeah. Now, 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 I remind you, he missed four in a second row. Second of four. Five if you go back to week 18. Oh, was he a cut? When he missed the second one, I had this sinking feeling watching the game going, oh, my gosh. Tom Brady is going to come back and eviscerate the Cowboys. And somehow those two missed kicks are going to, and then it kept happening. And I realized that I wasn't actually going to have to worry because the bucks were broken. Oh, so bad. Broke the Cowboy or Brett broke the goat. And then next thing, you know, Cowboys are just rolling to an easy playoff win on the road. Perfect. Perfect. Monday night football. And so, look the best. Look the best out of any team this weekend. Who looks better than Brett, the Giants? The worst team. They played the team that didn't belong in the playoffs. Why are you talking about the Dolphins? Are you talking about the Seahawks? The Bucks? Seahawks. Yeah, they're all bad. The Bucks were the worst. I, I is Brett Maher gonna get cut? No, he's never no playing a down of football again. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> He's going to be – he's the opposite of the Kurt Warner story, I think, is what's going to happen. He's going to be bagging groceries? <laughs> yeah. They don't the even ball. do stores anymore. He's, he's going to be pr- bagging the Super Bowl totes for the Cowboys <laughs> as they leave? <laughs> See, the, the problem with cutting him is you're at the end of the season where all of the kickers have already been all over the place, so there's nobody that can come in that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the rules are, but couldn't you? They could technically. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. I heard that Odell Beckham Jr. is throwing his name into the mix to be the yeah. Cowboys kicker. No, he can't get on a flight correctly. So uh, too soon, game. too soon. <laughs> so, so I guess the biggest question from this game is who who gets the title of breaking the goat? Is it Matt Stafford no. and the Rams last year? Matthew, sorry, or is it yeah. or is it Dak and the Cowboys? Who didn't play it's Brady on a hundred percent Matt Stafford. Matthew. Matthew Stafford. The ball one more time, they win that game. They did not do anything to break him. This was the first time he's never ever, been the same. This is the first time you've ever seen Tom Brady in the playoffs just absolutely eviscerated. He threw a red zone turnover for the first time since his last season in New England in 2019. He was a broken man in the playoffs because Micah Parsons was all up in his grill. The Dallas defense was all over the place. We them boys. You guys see that? I think that's that's me walking over the bridge and the troll is coming out. <laughs> okay. Troll just came out, guys. Matthew Stafford killed the goat. <laughs> killed the Billy Goat Scruff. What? Matthew Stafford did it. Tom Brady has been done all year. Everyone knows it. He came out looking like trash for the last 18 weeks. He had to throw an expletive out on his first win because of how good it felt because he he had forgotten what it felt like to win. The most guy who's won the most Super Bowls of anyone forgot what it was like to win. And so I think Matthew Stafford 
Matthew Stafford ruined this guy's family, man. <laughs> too, too far. I'm too sure far. that was Antonio Brown. Oh. But I, oh, I think, I I think Brady is done in Tampa. Oh, he's All absolutely right. done. All right. Let's, let's, let's go on the record. Where is Tom Brady going? New York Jets. 49ers. Wow. We've got Jets. We've got 49ers. Sam? He's going. Taking his talents. To the Waffle House, with what? No, he's he's going to Miami. What are you saying? Yeah, no. I, nothing. Nothing. You, you took said. a substance even before this. <laughs> it might have been too much Nyquil, but Ready? something's happening. He needs to be done. He just needs Ready? to be done. Bounce football games. Ready? I'm going to tell you guys. Everybody, hands up, just like me. I'm going to tell you guys what's going to happen. Green Bay. Stop talking, Derek. Derek Carr. Yeah. is going to make his way to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going into a bit of a rebuild situation. Derek, can you just let me talk on my own freaking podcast? Oh, he just flexed on you. Derek Try. Carr. Derek, <laughs> Derek Carr taking his talents to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady taking his talents to be reunited, and it feels so good with his offensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels, Vegas Raiders. No, it's not happening. I'm telling you right now, it's not happening. And Joe's Tom Brady's going to have a career resurgence in in Vegas with Devontae. Devontae's going to be like, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it one year with the goat. See if we can make some magic happen. Josh Jacobs is going to come back. He's going to run for twenty three hundred yards next year. The Raiders, bad. the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl next year. I'm just, I just talked myself into it. Oh my gosh! I mean, when you Dante, it did make me. It made me consider. Just telling you, just telling you, it's a big step up from Fresno State. I tell you. All right, guys, let's uh, let's finish our pod this week with top performers of the week. In your opinion, Uh, let me just get a couple of the responses that we had from some of our friends on Twitter. Uh, The one response that I really liked, my favorite response on Twitter, was from. Uh, it was from Adam Hulse Sports. Good follow on Twitter there. He just tweeted a <clears throat> gif of Trevor Lawrence just majestically throwing his hair. And uh, that was that was a really good one. I really like that one. Uh, we also had a couple gifts. Uh, ben Holloway at Ben DTS podcast. He threw up the gif of GIF, 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 I think, of Dak flexing with his offense celebrating him in the background. And uh, the fantasy football dad, he said, I didn't like the outcome, but my hat's off to Dak. Well done. So a couple, uh, couple responses there. Joe, maybe I'll just piggyback on the previous uh, response that I read there and ask you, Joe, who was your performer of the week? Oh yeah. Well, the the easy answer is to say Dak, but I will not actually say Dak. Oh I'll wow. Okay. I would say the biggest performer of the week was somebody who, unlike Lamar, is playing in a contract season where he needs a new deal. And guess what? He showed up. None other than number eighty six on the field, number one in our hearts, Dalton schultz wow Dalton schultz had seven catches two touchdowns in a playoff game became Dak security blanket i'm gonna tell you right now whatever his props are for next week against the 49ers take them 
Dak found his security blanket in Dalton. I'm going to go ahead and say at least eight catches, a buck 20, and another two scores for Dalton next week. Wow, Dalton Schultz. Love that. He's he's a young Jason Witten. All right. Moving Uh, on from that comment. Sam, do you want to go next? Uh, I think you might know who I'm going to go with as the top performer for the week based on the passion that I showed earlier. Can't say Kenny Pickett. Please don't say Kenny Pickett. Not Kenny Pickett, but it was a quarterback, and he does play in California. Brock Purdy. 313. <laughs> what are we doing here? 18, 18 passes. That's 18 yards of completion. Three touchdowns. And I know what you're thinking. If I had Debo Samuel, I'd do that too. Well, go ahead. He has he has done it. Um he I think I think you have to I mean Daniel Jones, I mean there's guys, right? There's a lot there were a lot of guys that played really well. Um it's crazy that you can't say that a guy who had three interceptions um in a half of football is the top performer of the week, but you don't get the W, you can't can't do it, Mr. Mr. Samuel Jr. I apologize. Um, so I, I stick with, I stand with Brock, stand with Brock. I stand with Brock. That should be a t-shirt. Richie performer of the week. Mine is the NFL refs for, uh, contributing to the conspiracy theory that every game is rigged because there's no way all these games should have played out the way they did, but it was very fun. So, uh, kudos to them because it was a great weekend. I don't know if you understood the purpose of the exercise. I understood it perfectly. That's like an anti-performer of the week. No, they helped it be a great weekend. Okay. I mean... I actually get it. Yeah, I, I get it. I just don't know if you it's... you got to put yourself in a simple Joe person. Joe He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Joe, that, that was a great joke that I don't know if anybody will catch. If you're listening to this, skip back a few seconds and listen to that joke. Because that was... I don't like to give Joe credit all the time, but that was top-level comedy. I didn't hear it, so it's not funny. Go back and listen when it's uh, when it's live there, Richie. Uh, my top performer of the week is going to be none other than head coach Brian Dable of the New York football Giants. Peep the record of the Giants the last five seasons. 2018, you had 5-11, followed by 4-12, 6-10, 4-13, which brings us to this year, 9-7-1. Brian Dable, who up until a few moments ago, I didn't know this, but Brian Dable is Canadian-born American football coach. Uh, here we oh, go. Born in Welland, Ontario. Southwestern Ontario, shout out. I mean, there's not much else I need to say after Canadian born, but goes from the offensive coordinator position with the Buffalo Bills to the football giants and turns this team around. I don't think anybody had the giants as a playoff team at the beginning of the year. There was a lot of questions around Danny dimes, not being extended. You had the health of Saquon, which was kind of up and down as he tends to be. You lost basically anybody of significance in the receiving core and you still had Kenny Galladay and that's a detriment to a lot of things and you had a coach who found a way to inspire his team start to maybe change the culture of that franchise which has been so pitiful for several years and so my top performer of the week Brian Dable going into Minnesota getting his team the W you can tell his guys love him too 
even though he sometimes screams in their face at length. But Brian Dable, top performer of the week. Yeah. I mean, you have to factor in too. I mean, he had a coach in the toughest division. I mean, he had to play against the Eagles twice, the Cowboys twice, and the Commanders twice. And the NFC East, I mean, I mean, you guys may not know this. I know you guys don't follow the NFC East as closely as I do, but no team in the NFC East had a losing record. It's true. The Commanders are kind of frauds, but... They don't have a losing record. Yeah. What was their record within the NFC East? One and six? Yeah, uh, they're eight, eight, and one overall, so that's all that matters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's also that Dabble was raised in Buffalo, New York, and that he did coach at Michigan State University for two years. Just wanted to, you know. I didn't know that part, so now I'm rethinking all of my life decisions. Guys, I'll be honest. I'm This this episode is probably a solid 7.3 out of 10. Well, how do we get to eight? I think it could result in 48 listeners this week. Man, maybe 49. Aim high. I know one person who won't be listening. Denny Green. Uh, well, just a reminder, everybody, you can find the stay at home fad show on various social media platforms, including this week on Facebook. We uh, were making the jump, hoping that maybe Mr. Zuckerberg can help uh, maybe speed things along here. Yeah, He seems like a real big sports guy, <laughs> but you can find me. On Facebook at Stay At Home Thad. You can find me on Instagram at Stay At Home Thad Show and on Twitter at Stay At Home Thad. Episodes always available early in the week, Tuesday night generally on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Guys, it's been a pleasure. All right, good. <laughs> Looking forward to some great matchups this week, and I'm sure next week we will be back to discuss those as well. Go Cowboys, baby. How about them boys? Richie, Ricardo, thank you. Producer Sam, thank you. The artist formerly known as the Keto Girl Guy, Amigo Q. Check him out for all of your barbecue needs. And on that note, thanks for listening. Like, share this episode and I will talk to you later. Peace.